As women, we unlock our greatest power by letting go. The confidence that we're seeking is already inside of us. We just need to free ourselves up to be able to spark the fire. There is nothing that we need that we don't already have. And the great irony is that in our illusory quest for niceness, we've become too busy to see that we've been good enough, brilliant even, all along. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host of this show. I've been hosting this show for a while now, and this is a show for working women. I'm a working woman. And today's episode is the second time ever that I'm sharing something that I wrote with you. The last time I did that was episode 67, where I shared an essay that I wrote about my fear and extreme anxiety. I don't know why I always laugh at my suffering about my fear and extreme anxiety. No laughter there. About uh, saying my name and introducing myself to large groups of people, to rooms full of people. And today's essay is on a slightly different topic, and it came about in a very, very interesting and unexpected and fascinating way. A couple of months ago, I was working on an ebook. I wanted to write about assertiveness, and I wanted to write about my journey of not just finding my voice and learning to speak up, but finding my assertive, strong voice, because I really struggled with that. And I fell into so many traps that I wanted to help other women not fall into and just help them avoid some of the pain that I experienced as I was trying to strengthen my voice and figure out how I speak up at work in these environments where everyone had like a really loud, bold, sometimes aggressive voice. It was so hard for me to figure out what my voice could sound like in that type of environment. And so... I wanted to share what I learned through that experience so that if you are having troubles bringing your voice out, the discomfort that you go through as you're figuring out how you find your voice is shortened or shrunk a little bit because I can share some of the things that worked for me that might help you. That's what I was writing about when I wrote this ebook. And since the time that I recorded the essay that you're about to hear, I finished that ebook and that ebook is now out in the world, Time Warp, so you can get this ebook that I'm talking about. It's called The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace, and I'm going to put it in the show notes. But the reason that I'm talking about it in the context of this specific episode is because something really interesting happened while I was writing it. So during the process of writing this ebook, assertiveness was on my mind a lot because I was continually writing the chapters of the ebook and reflecting on my own journey and just thinking a lot about assertiveness and thinking a lot about what it feels like to be really strong in your voice versus what it feels like to be shrinking back and getting really, really small. That was on my mind a ton. And as a result, it became impossible for me to not notice 
that I still have a ways to go on my own assertiveness journey. So while I've come really far when it comes to speaking up in meetings, leading meetings, pushing back, disagreeing, sharing a weird or unconventional opinion, those are all things that I became comfortable with over time. But what I realized was that I'm still growing into assertiveness and there are still places where I'm making myself small. And they were so subtle that I didn't notice them and I didn't pick up on them until I started writing this assertiveness ebook and thinking about assertiveness all of the time while I was writing it. And then all of a sudden, I began to notice something very interesting, which is that I was a very heavy user of the exclamation point. And I sensed that there was something more to this. I sensed that my use of the exclamation point wasn't just me using the exclamation point. It really felt like there was something behind it. There was something going on. And so I began to get curious about it. And in my curiosity, I began to write. And what you're about to hear is the piece that I wrote as I explored my use of the exclamation point and what was driving it and how it related back to finding strength in my own voice. And what I uncovered in that process was unexpected but fascinating, and I hope you enjoy it. Before I cut into me reading my piece for you, I wanted to make sure that you know that this weekend on Sunday, August 9th, I am hosting a free virtual get-together slash book club via Zoom, and you are invited. As I was saying before, I recently put my ebook out into the world, and to celebrate this new ebook, I'm hosting a virtual book club, and it's happening this Sunday. So if you are listening to this episode the week that it's out, you can still sign up, and I would love to see you there. This is going to be a really fun gathering where we're going to talk a little bit about assertiveness and about the ebook, but don't worry, you don't have to finish the entire ebook if you want to join the book club. It is totally fine to sign up if you're still reading the book, although it's short, so it won't take you very long to get through. But we're going to be talking about assertiveness, and I'm going to be teaching some communication skills and some simple tools that you can use at work to help you find your voice and to help you really explore different ways of using your voice, different ways of speaking up, different ways of being assertive, so that you can figure out what feels right and what feels good for you. I would love to see you at this virtual book club. The ebook and the book club, they are both free, and I'm going to link both the ebook and the link to sign up for the book club in the show notes below. And now I'm going to pivot into my essay, which is titled Breaking Up with the Exclamation Point Reflections on Letting Go of Nice. I hope you enjoy it. The essay that you're listening to came about in quite an unexpected way. I'm actually in process of writing a book about the challenges of being assertive in the workplace as a woman. Years ago, I kicked off my career as an ambitious but highly insecure 20-something, and one of the first challenges I ran into was a massive battle against people-pleasing. It took me years, literally years, to build the courage to voice a conflicting opinion in a room, or ask for something I needed, or push back against someone's refusal to cooperate when the thing I was asking them for just needed to get done. 
I'm proud of how far I've come. But like many mindset challenges that I've faced, getting rid of people-pleasing can feel like a game of whack-a-mole. For me, people-pleasing is a bit like a musty smell in an old house or building. I scrub and I clean and I might have a few days, weeks, or even months where everything smells sparkling clean. And then out of nowhere, I catch a familiar waft. The process of writing this book about assertiveness made it nearly impossible for me to miss an obvious relic of my old people-pleasing self that was wafting right back into the present moment. And this relic that I speak of is the beloved, but very loaded, exclamation point. The other day, I noticed the exclamation point making an appearance in at least half, or possibly more, of my work emails. Now, this wouldn't be a problem if I was using it sincerely to express excitement and joy, but I noticed myself using it almost compulsively, peppering my emails with it, even when I wasn't feeling joyful or excited at all. And even more interesting was the fact that I seemed to have developed an exclamation point addiction, where every time I felt any sort of discomfort or fear of disappointing someone or fear of appearing too needy, I'd reach for the relief of that familiar little punctuation character and use it to soften my communication. This is ridiculous, I thought, upon noticing my exclamation point habit. I thought my people-pleasing struggle is a thing of the past. It's supposed to be over, behind me. Maybe I should force myself to just stop using exclamation points entirely so that I can prove that I don't need them as a crutch anymore. And then my brain declared a bold promise to itself. From this point onward... I will never use an exclamation point in a work email ever again. That seems extreme, I thought, in response to my brain's suggestion. How hard could it be? My brain replied. And what happened next was fascinating. Almost immediately after I relinquished the exclamation point, the plot thickened. Every time I succeeded in not using an exclamation point, my fingers, appearing to have minds of their own, scrambled like Olympic sprinters straight towards the colon hyphen close parens, aka the smiley face. Interesting, I thought, as I observed what was happening. I made a clear promise to myself that I would banish the use of all exclamation points. But nothing was mentioned of the smiley face. What to do? What followed was a hilarious adventure in negotiating with my own mind and my conflicting desire to be both empowered and likable. It literally couldn't have been more obvious that the smiley face was my small self's backup selection when the exclamation point was out of stock. And my original promise to myself at its core had nothing to do with exclamation points and everything to do with building strength and letting go of old, unnecessary, fear-driven, people-pleasing habits. And yet there I was, allowing my mind to entertain a debate 
about the functional differences between a smiley face and an exclamation point. The smiley face conveys optimism, Jess, my brain said to me. And you are so totally optimistic. Jess, you pride yourself on being happy. The smiley face is literally you. Literally. It's got to go, I argued back to my brain. What the F? My brain retorted angrily. Why are you doing this? What are you now becoming one of those mean people who doesn't use smiley faces? Is that who you are now? Is that what you are becoming? It's funny how the brain is so dramatic and how its lies are both so clever and so not clever all at the same time. I wish there was a word to describe something that is both very smart and very, very dumb because so much of the insight that my brain comes up with falls into exactly that category. So, of course, I continued the mental battle. Listen. I replied to my brain, yes, it is true that the smiley face is fundamentally different than the exclamation point. And of course, I am not denying our love of all things happy, glitter covered, and bursting with joy. And I am not denying our kindness and relentless optimism. But I kind of feel like you, we, are making excuses right now and using the smiley face as a little bit of a crutch. Amazingly, the better half of me prevailed during that inner battle. I mentally relegated the smiley face down into the typography jail alongside the exclamation point and promised myself that it would no longer make an appearance in my work emails. And then my brain, in one last desperate attempt to hang on to the smiley face, shrieked like a thousand angry crows, yelling loudly as if I had committed murder. But Jessica, how will people know you're nice? I tried my best in that moment to soften into self-compassion. While my brain's tamper tantrum was in fact funny, I was clearly poking at an open wound, and there was some part of me deep down inside that was being stripped of its security blanket and was left feeling small and scared. And this part of me, apparently, was deeply concerned about being perceived as nice. It could have chosen many other words like positive or collaborative or respectful, but it didn't. It chose the word nice. It was deeply afraid that people wouldn't think I was nice. Wanting to dig deeper into what was going on, I excavated my relationship with the word nice. And this excavation took me back to when I was a really, really little girl. When I remember being told, Jessica, you have to be nice. When we push niceness onto young girls and women, our culture seems to forget to include a critical warning, may be habit-forming. They say that hate kills, and I don't disagree at all. And not to be melodramatic, but I think that niceness kills too, in its own twisted, messed up way. It kills the possibility of what we as women could achieve and become, 
because I can tell you with full confidence that the deepest gifts that we bring with us to this planet get ground to a pulp when we believe that to be worthy, we must also be nice. And yet it's complicated. I'm a kind person with a huge heart, and I'm a major believer in spreading love to others, which leads me to a conundrum. If I value love and kindness, what's the problem with niceness? Isn't it just part of the same family? In order to help myself sort through this mental puzzle, I decided to look up the dictionary definition of the word nice. And I kid you not, within milliseconds of seeing the very first thing that Google showed me, I nearly threw up on my laptop. Here are the top definitions of nice. One, pleasant. Two, agreeable. Three, satisfactory. Four, fine. And worst of all, the one that nearly crushed my soul. Five, subtle. I could feel something inside me dying as I read those words. And I'm not sure if it was a good kind of dying, as in I was having an epiphany and shedding old layers, or a bad kind of dying, as in I was grieving because I began to see all of the parts of myself and other women that have remained hidden away all this time behind pleasant, agreeable, satisfactory, fine, and subtle because someone at some point decided that women are supposed to be nice. Don't get me wrong, being pleasant and agreeable is great if you're a perfume or perhaps a houseplant. But are humans, specifically women, really here on this planet for the purpose of being pleasant, agreeable, and subtle? Are we really being relegated to the same category as a cup of tea or a fresh hand towel? I wouldn't even describe my pet using these definitions because she is so much more than that. And yet there I was engaging in an inner battle over whether smiley faces should count as exclamation points, all in the name of preserving my niceness. But it was that last word, subtle, that truly felt like a dagger to the heart. Because subtlety is the very force that silences brilliance. In our quest for niceness, our quest for subtlety, we are quieting our deepest gifts. And this is a huge problem because not only is our brilliance desperately needed by the world around us, but it also catalyzes our upwards path as working women. When brilliance is present, glass ceilings begin to dissipate because the glory of a woman's brilliance is so vast that it fills whatever space it enters, leaving not much room for anything else. And so many of us leave behind our brilliance when we step into that office or fire up our laptop for the day because the niceness and exclamation points and smileys and all the fear that's behind them perpetuates the lie that tells us that if we stay as small as possible, we'll be safe and happy and nothing will ever go wrong. Niceness is a thief. It steals our life force energy and replaces it with exhaustion. It steals our creativity and replaces it with fear and conformity. 
It steals our brilliant ideas and tucks them way back in the archives of our minds where they lay forgotten until someone else brings them up and gets credit for them. It steals our freedom when we agree to do things we don't want to do and we feel that familiar sensation of wishing, just wishing that we had said no. It steals our joy by convincing us that we are too much of everything, too loud, too big, too small, too weird, too different, too ugly, and too stupid. It deceives us into believing that the road to happiness involves shrinking smaller and smaller, and it hides the real truth, which is that the road to happiness lies in the unapologetic owning of the things about us that are crazy, wild, and big. Nice is simple and small. And simple and small works well for a kitchen appliance or a housewarming gift, but not for a person. Not for a woman who came into this world with unrelenting ambition, who is here to shake things up and make changes and have impact. Take off your mask of niceness for just a minute or two and remind yourself what it feels like to know without a shadow of a doubt that you are here to do big things and that niceness is just a flimsy bait and switch daring you to blaze past it in pursuit of your visions and dreams. If I leave you with just one thing, let it be this. Do not let niceness extinguish your fire. When you let go of the false promises that niceness brings and you commit to showing up with honesty, your confidence and power will skyrocket in ways you can barely imagine when you're clinging onto the mask of quote-unquote being nice. And although you might feel a painful twinge of discomfort when you allow yourself to be seen without the mask of niceness, know that what others will perceive is a woman who expresses herself with confidence, a woman who is at utter peace with herself, a woman who is self-assured beyond measure, and a woman who is unafraid to tell the truth and wait bravely in the silence that follows it. My own path to this deeply felt sense of inner strength and confidence requires me to say goodbye to the exclamation point, at least for right now. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't clarify that I am not exclamation point shaming. We're all wired so differently, and I'm certain there are women out there who have very different relationships with the exclamation point. Who knows? Maybe I'll even reclaim it at some point in the future when my relationship with it becomes less complicated than it is today. But either way, just know that your proverbial exclamation point might look like something very different. A fake smile, a concession that you didn't really want to make, a moment of not telling the truth because you fear creating controversy. The exclamation point is merely one imprint of the struggle that we've all experienced as we've attempted to take up more space in the world while facing the blowback of our own fears and worries about being nice. In my process of breaking up with the exclamation point, I couldn't resist doing some light Wikipedia research on its origins. I learned, among other things, that the exclamation point's primary intent is to indicate shouting or strong feelings and that it was originally invented by medieval copyists 
who used it to express joy. I nearly exploded with glee upon making this discovery. Strong feelings? Shouting? The irony is almost too good to be true. The very tool that I've been using to keep myself small was intended to express some of the most subversive things that women can choose to express. Strong feelings and shouting. Did these medieval copyists have any idea how loaded this new punctuation character they were creating was going to be? Discovering this wonderful paradox about the exclamation point almost made me want to reclaim it, make it my own, and bring it back again. Unfortunately, I'm not quite ready for that because I'm so committed to letting go of nice. I honestly hope to never again be described as nice. I'll take respectful, open-minded, warm, kind even. But I know that at least for me, if I take nice, then things like determined, ambitious, driven, and disruptive begin to fall away. And I simply refuse to let go of any of those. It feels good to say goodbye to nice and to trust that whatever's left will be good enough. It takes a leap of faith for sure, especially after relying on it and hiding behind it for so long. But in leaving it behind, I somehow feel like I've let go of something very, very heavy and replaced it with more of me. But still, breaking up with the exclamation point feels bittersweet. Letting go of things is hard, and letting go of pieces of ourselves is even harder. Breaking up with the exclamation point means saying goodbye to the scared, nervous energy that defined how I showed up in my early career. It means saying goodbye to some of my smiles and expressions of joy. Certainly not all of them, but definitely the ones that aren't aligned with where my heart is truly at. It means saying goodbye to false joy and fake happiness and having faith that there will be enough real joy and real happiness to carry me through difficult times. It's wild to me, just wild, how one tiny little symbol could mean so much. It's wild to me that in order to build real joy in my life, I have to first let go of the old, fake, familiar joy embodied by my watered-down exclamation points. It's wild that my journey of unleashing my femininity touches everything in my life, from the punctuation marks I use to the clothes I wear to the parts of myself that I choose to reveal or hide when I'm out in the world. And it's wild that all of the strength I am finding is not coming from gaining more, but simply from letting go of what no longer serves me and doing this over and over and over again. And I know with full certainty that as women, we unlock our greatest power by letting go. The confidence that we're seeking is already inside of us. We just need to free ourselves up to be able to spark the fire. There is nothing that we need that we don't already have. And the great irony is that in our illusory quest for niceness, We've become too busy to see that we've been good enough, brilliant even, all along. I hope for myself and for you that we remember our brilliance. 
I hope we remember it in the moments where we're being talked down to or condescended. I hope we remember it in the moments where we're on the precipice of speaking up. I hope we remember it in the moments before the handshake, the moments before we enter a room full of people, and the moments before we open our mouth to introduce ourselves to the person across the table. In these moments, I hope we truly see and remember our magnificence and are never again tempted to trade it away for the supposed safety of niceness. And I hope that when the exclamation point emerges through our voices, it's not because we're being pleasant and agreeable and subtle, but because we're showing up big. I hope it's because we're shouting loudly, expressing bold emotion, and embodying massive joy, just as the exclamation point was originally intended to do. That little piece of punctuation is almost explosive. It's got this wild, joyful, untamed quality about it, like a break dancer or a fireworks show or a rainbow pinata raining candy onto the floor. Like all of these things, the exclamation point is special because in its brilliance, there is chaos, disorder, messiness even. And it is in this space of untamed, chaotic brilliance that our power lies as women. And I personally am saying goodbye to the exclamation point just for now so I can allow my own brilliance to grow up a little bit and become familiar with its own chaos and messiness and all of the things about it that I was advised to hide away by people whose definition of brilliance does not match my own. And when I've let go of those outdated rules and the unnecessary niceness and all of the smallness that I thought I was supposed to embody, I'll bring back the exclamation point in all its glory and use it the way it was intended so that I can give it and myself the respect that we both deserve. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you enjoyed this piece that I wrote. I would be so curious if you relate to it or if you've had any of these struggles yourself. I would love to hear from you if there's anything that you want to share. I'll put my contact information in the show notes. And I would love to see you on August 9th for the book club that's in celebration of my ebook, The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace. You can get the ebook via the link in the show notes. You can also just go to assertivenessebook.com and that's where you can sign up to get the ebook. And if you want to join me on August 9th to be in community with other women who listen to the show and to work on your communication skills and speaking up and assertiveness, I would love to have you join this assertiveness workshop slash book club that I am holding on Sunday. I can't wait. I hope you're doing well. I hope that in your journey of finding your voice, you begin to access that power and you begin to feel what it feels like to bring something out that is inherently a part of you, but that has just been dormant for a very long time. That's what I'm 
trying to do with this show and with all of the things that I create. It's really about the thing that's already in you that just hasn't been nurtured and hasn't felt safe to grow and express itself in the world. And I hope that you're able to find that and connect with that because when you do, it is so powerful. I would love to help you do that. So please feel free to sign up for my event. Again, I will link it in the show notes below. And I hope you're doing wonderful. I hope you're having an incredible day. I hope that work is going well. And I'll catch you next week for an interview that I have been so excited to share. So I'll catch you then. In the meantime, bye for now.